On this episode of the Splendid Sports Podcast, MySlabs.com CEO Ken Rogers joins me to discuss what's next for MySlabs. What are the most common requests from MySlabs users? Is sports card collecting here to stay for good this time? And a lot more. Hello. One of the best parts about the sports card popularity boom in my mind, is seeing the growth of many businesses in the sports card industry. One of those businesses that is growing rapidly and that I'm a big fan of is MySlabs.com. I found out about MySlabs at the beginning of 2021, and like many, the thing I heard first was about their incredibly low 1% fees. Since then, at last check, I've bought 13 slabs from the MySlabs marketplace so far this year, and I can definitely see that number going up next year because I really like the system they have in place for both buying and selling. I was very happy to be able to interview the CEO of MySlabs, Ken Rogers, to ask him where MySlabs is headed next and about his thoughts on the future of the sports card industry. Here we go. Hello. Good afternoon, Ken. Hey, how are you? Good, how you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. Could you give a little background on... Um, you know, when my slab started and like you personally, how you came to become the CEO? Sure. Um, well, my slabs, uh, just from a proof of concept standpoint, started probably in the latter part of 2017, 2018. Uh, was actually, I knew about it at the time because one of the founders is a, a longtime friend of mine um, from the uh, original comic book. Hobby actually is how we met, but you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, um, you know, he had come up with the idea for my slabs, was working on it with another gentleman. And, um, you know, just me being a friend and someone that was involved in the hobby and, and, uh, you know, just, you know, would run ideas past me to just kind of get my take. So, um, again, that was probably back in, in 2017, 2018, you know, and then they developed it from there. Uh, I, I think, um, they didn't really, I think they went live, you know, public, uh, you know, put it out to the public sometime in 2019 and probably started gaining, you know, more momentum in terms of participation on the site and sales and so forth uh, throughout 2020 um, and, and obviously into 21. As far as my involvement, I, um, in this, this past spring, probably late February, uh, early March, um, when things were, you know, really booming, I think that, uh, you know, the, the powers that be there kind of realized that, I mean, listen, this is the space is, is super hot and, you know, maybe we need to, uh, you know, just maybe bring in some, some different leadership that, uh, you know, has a little bit more experience on the, you know, marketing and, and building a brand and, and, um, you know, kind of, you know, just being more public and kind of the face and voice of the company and, and so forth. So, um, you know, just my buddy, you know, just ha- uh, thought I'd given my background as an entrepreneur running small businesses and somebody that had, you know, a lot of sub- subject matter expertise hobby wise. Um, and, and because I had put my my previous business on hold as uh, because of covid, uh, it, it just the timing was right. And, you know, he thought it would be a good fit. And um you know, it wasn't a tough sell for me, you know, to kind of, you know, just have the opportunity to work in a, an industry that I have so much, uh, so much passion for. So, uh, 
So that's that's how we are, <laughs> where we are now. Now, you, you mentioned earlier, you, you said uh, you guys had a background in comics. Were you more comics than, than sports cards when you were younger? Or how does that break down? Uh, well, when I was younger, it was actually, uh, you know, probably, a, you know, a 50-50 kind of split, right? Like, so I was definitely super into both as a kid uh, and a teenager. And, and then as, as I got older... Uh, I, I, I definitely started gravitating more towards um, original comic book art, which is actually, it's kind of like a, an offshoot of the comics uh, hobby uh, where it's, it's, I don't know if you know about it, but basically the, the short explanation is original comic book, excuse me, original comic book art is um, essentially the, the one of one draw the hand drawings that were used to produce obviously all the comics that are slabbed and you know that everybody's had and people collect uh the, the production process for that you know in, in, entails obviously an artist you know sitting down at a at a you know an, at an easel and an artboard and actually drawing those comics um so those one of one uh pieces of uh artwork are there's actually a whole hobby around that um, so it's, uh, you know, the, the joke in the hobby is that when, when comic collectors grow up, they become original comic art collectors, you know, so, um, but, but with the price of some slab comics, you know, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's a perfect analogy, but I, I should know this, but do you guys sell, um, comic slab comics on the site? We did. We, we do. We actually just launched the comics category, uh, this past May when we come. Oh, okay. Yeah, when you know, I kind of spearheaded that. I just, you know, thought it was a natural progression for the company and a lot of crossover with our existing audience. Uh, so, um, yeah, I thought it was a good fit. I mean, it's relatively new. It's definitely gaining momentum, but you know, obviously, the sports cards and the sealed wax are, you know, our our bread and butter. So, um, yeah. And just like since the beginning of the year, when I discovered my slabs, I've noticed personally that there's been a bunch of new, you know, I think you had at least one website redesign. There's a bunch of new features that are in place that weren't earlier in the year. Mm -hmm. What, what is, and I, I think the site looks great. Um, what, what would you say like is the, the biggest thing you have planned next that you can act, you know, that you can mention that's not like a top secret thing that I wouldn't have to kill you for telling Big, you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, to be honest, you know, we, we do have a pretty extensive roadmap. Uh, with a, you know really a lot of different things that we want to add to the platform, um, but you know I, I would say just in, in broad strokes, a lot of the things that that we want to be doing are really twofold. You know, really centered around uh, improving the discoverability um, on the site. So. You know, when I say that, basically, like if you know if you land on my slabs now and you you know. You, you know exactly what it is that you're looking for and you browse around and search for it, filter, sort, whatever it is that you want to do, you can certainly find it. And it's, it's pretty user-friendly and, and intuitive. Um, however, you know, we, we definitely want to just kind of give people more interesting and um, engaging ways to kind of interact with the site to, you know, maybe discover, things that they would have interest in that they would have interest in that aren't maybe directly on their radar and just give, you know, uh, users, you know, just more fun and, 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 um, 
like I said, just maybe just engaging ways to kind of um, just get a window into things that are trending and what's hot and what other people are looking at and engaging with and purchasing and, you know, just, just, um, you know, just give people more of a, a window like into all of that, which is, um, which is, you know, as a hobbyist, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I, I think it makes it a lot more um, enjoyable than just like a, a cut and dried marketplace per se. So, I mean, discoverability is definitely big. And, and the other, uh, I would say the other, um, you know, box that, that we're, we're looking to check is really to build on the community uh, aspect of my slabs. You know, we, we definitely have a very, um, you know, just a, a very loyal, uh, fo you know, following and, and user base and, um, you know, there's really a great community uh, on social media, you know, through, um, you know, we have a private Facebook group for MySlabs members that uh, really anybody can join, but it's primarily MySlabs members that it's probably close to 10,000 at this point. You know, we have an extensive uh, presence on Instagram, Twitter, and, you know, we really want to um, kind of build on that and tie, you know, more social community type elements into the platform itself you know so um you know we do, we do want to come up you know kind of launch like a really cool way for people to display their personal collections you know and, and not even necessarily in the context of you know receiving offers and making offers on stuff just take the e-commerce piece out of it just make it a way for people to kind of uh, present, you know, to the world, like, Hey, you know, this is what I'm passionate about. This is me as a collector. This, these are the things that I collect and these are my favorite pieces in my collection. And, um, to just kind of give people a way to, um, to kind of put that out there and, you know, just kind of, you know, engage and just be in, in more of just a, a communal, um, kind of way, you know, like a, so, you know, very social, you know, kind of tie those element elements in. Well, you mentioned social media and, and obviously social media is a huge component to any marketplace or any business. But I really think that uh, social media for my slabs could be even more beneficial and more important because we haven't even mentioned this yet. But obviously, the big thing that people know most about my slabs, I think, is that you have one percent uh, buyer and seller fees, which is absurdly low uh, in a good way. I mean, that that's a great thing such a huge difference from the competitors it's not even really close let's say i have a good social media following and you know i want to i want to go out on instagram or twitter or whatever and try to like gain you know get some eyeballs on that card that i'm trying to sell and instead of like maybe even selling it directly on twitter or instagram like some people try to do i think it makes a lot of sense to then you know bring that transaction over to like a my slabs where uh, it's one percent, right? And then, and then you have all the protections in place that maybe you could go a little into that um, as far as like the the protections that the buyer and seller get through a my slabs, where they wouldn't get that necessarily maybe using other another platform or just doing it like without my slabs. Yeah, you know, I I think the points that you just kind of touched on are a big part of our. Um, you know, the value proposition to members, right? Like, so, I mean, of course, the 1% on both sides is what uh, we're most known for and certainly a disruptively, you know, low fee structure. Um, 
you know, but of course, you know, again, the idea is, is to like, as opposed to dealing on, on, on like a, like an eBay for lack of a better term, you know, like on a platform like that with the high transaction fees, you know, obviously a lot of folks do try to avoid that and circumvent that by, you know, trying to deal on social media and, and through, you know, like, you know, Facebook groups and chat boards and, uh, you know, Twitter, Instagram, so on and so forth. And, you know, I, I think that there's a certain degree of, of risk, you know, that comes along with that. So as you said, you know, obviously our, you know, part of what we bring, we feel that we bring to the table is along with the low transaction fees, you know, as close as possible to maybe dealing on a social media site, you know, um, you know, we do also offer, um, you know, just there's, there's vetting, you know, that goes on, uh, you know, with sellers in the platform. So, you know, we actually have someone, sellers actually have to fill out uh, a pretty straightforward seller application that gets manually reviewed, you know, before anybody's allowed to sell on platform. Um, so, you know, definitely buyers can, can feel comfortable that they're really only dealing with the best of the best sellers in the, you know, the online, you know, kind of sports card world. Um, and, um, you know, and then obviously there's, there's the, the, um, you know, just the, the high standard, you know, that we hold both buyers and sellers to on an ongoing basis, you know, in terms of just, um, you know, the professionalism and, and, and the, you know, the way the transactions are expected to be handled, you know, so obviously if a buyer commits to purchasing an item, the item needs to be paid for within 24 hours. Um, once it's paid for, the seller is expected to ship and upload tracking within three business days. And if either of those things don't happen, um, you know, we do have checks in place, you know, where um, folks can can have their accounts suspended and then they have to kind of go through a process to get reinstated. And, you know, it's definitely, um, I mean, it's not it's not something that we enjoy for sure, um, but it's it's also, I think, it, it's kind of, um, you know, it kind of sets the, sets the bar high. It sets the expectation. And I think the people that are on the platform as a result are really compelled to transact, you know, very smoothly, professionally. And I mean, right now we have over 36,000 members. Uh, we've been growing very rapidly. Like when I came aboard in March, we had about 14, 15,000. And now we're, we're over 36. And there's probably anywhere from six to 8,000 slabs a month that are selling on the platform. So, you know, the scale uh, and, and, you know, we're probably adding three to 4,000 new members a month. And, you know, so um, I guess the point is the scale of the platform and, and the amount of, of transacting, you know, the transactions, the sheer number of transactions that happen month to month, uh, it's pretty sizable, but um I think because of all the things that I, I mentioned, you know, the, the customer service side is actually very manageable. You know, I mean, we always, I mean, of course we have issues, but um, you know, it's, it's uh, fortunately, you know, it's, it's um, you know, I think because of the expectations, you know, it's, it's, it's really become a pretty safe, you know, very uh, professional, you know, place for people to transact and, you know, and obviously of course you get the low fees. So. What would you say, because you guys are constantly evolving, like I mentioned, I've seen you you evolve just this year alone in many ways. Uh, what Do you have a common request, like the most common one that, you, that MySlabs users request to you? Like, hey, here's what we'd like to see added next or, or anything like that? 
<laughs> yeah, well, there's there's a couple that um, that we get asked asked all the time uh, through DMs on social media and in in, uh, in the Facebook group and and um, and on, and on social media in general. Um, one thing a lot of people ask for is the ability to chat with. Um, potential buyers and sellers, you know, when they submit offers and, and, and so forth. So the ability to communicate pre-sale um, and um, and the other the other thing that we get asked about all the time is, you know, when are you going to have an app in the app store? <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, to touch on those, you know, and I, I think um, I mean, listen, in a, in, a, in a perfect world, it will be nice to have everybody be able to chat and maybe explain why, why they're making a certain offer or counter offer as it may be. And, but, you know, we've just found that unfortunately, and listen, obviously if you sell on eBay and, and you're in the hobby, you know, everyone has experienced this in one way or another. Unfortunately, when you have that line of communication open, a lot of times it leads to just, hurt feelings and, and that usually stem from like disagreements over valuation or pricing. And, and it's just at the end of the day, like we've decided that that is just a dynamic that we'd rather leave off the platform. Um, so to keep it much more simple, um, we just rather leave that part of it out. Um, and, um, you know, and as far as the, the app, uh, the idea of an app, um, you know, I, I think, it's possibly something down the road, you know, that we would consider. Uh, but as it stands stands now, you know, our, I mean, our platform it's a it's a web based platform, but there's also uh, a mobile optimized, you know, version of the platform that you know, if people are on this, you know, on my slabs on their mobile device on their phone, that's kind of what they're seeing. And to be honest, once you're there. From in, from the user ex experience uh, perspective, it it's, you know looks and feels and very much like an app, you know. So uh, I, I guess you know for us, it's just I guess the you know, yeah, obviously having it in the app store and giving folks you know the the convenience of having like a nice fancy icon on their you know the desktop of their mobile device that they could just click on and you know be a, a an app you know proper like that's that's nice, but um, I think it's just, uh, it's just not that high up on the priority list right now. I guess there's, there's so many other things, you know, kind of things along the lines of what we touched on before that, that are just, that we feel is just going to bring a lot more value to members that are just, um, you know, just boxes that we want to check before. I deal with websites and, and user experience and, uh, I, I, you never, you're never at the finish line with that. There's always going to be something from a user experience on your website or app that, you could keep improving. That's always going to be something you're chasing, but maybe more importantly is, you know, working first on, you know, we want to get as many eyeballs, much traffic to our site as we can increase the audience. And it's not like you're at a point where people can't get, get, get the job done on what they need to do. I mean, I'm, I'm on my phone on my slabs all the time. And right. like you said, it's a mobile friendly website. It's you're able to navigate. And I, I don't see any issues that would you know, have people leave the site instead of, um, you know, continuing on doing what they want to do there. So I, I, I get I've heard that request. I've heard also the messaging thing, but then I've heard both sides of that. I've, I've heard, yeah, it would be nice, like on like you can do on eBay where you can message. But then 
I've also heard people, and I think I side with this, that uh, it, there's a simplicity to not having that message feature that is kind of nice. Um, and, and it avoids a lot of the issues that you see people post their problems from eBay all the time on social media. And most of it is like the messaging fights they get in back and forth, you know? It's true. <laughs> unfortunately, unfortunately, it happens. And like I said, I think, you know, because we do, you know, um, you know, we, we, we like to maintain a strong sense of, of community and it's something that we do want to build on. Like, you know, the last thing in the world we need is like, you know, people going on social media, posting like these, you know, back and forth disagreements over valuation, like, you know, on my slabs or whatever. It's just, like I said, at the end of the day, it's not, I don't think it's totally necessary. And like I said, I'd rather leave, you know, kind of the, uh, I'd rather leave the emotions out of it and just, you know, you make an offer, a counter offer and, it is what it is, you know. The last thing I wanted to bring up and ask you, I figured you'd be a great person to get your feedback on this. There's been a lot of talk about the trading cards are cool again piece that Josh Luber put out a few days back. Long piece, over 50, 50 pages, I believe. Um, but specifically, you know, it, I thought it was a great piece. He obviously took a lot of time to put that together. And he's going to be the he's going to be essentially running the sports card industry in the future with Fanatics. Um, but but I, I found the last the end of his piece that the part I wanted to ask you about, he kind of summed up his whole piece on, in short, both sports cards and card businesses will become more valuable. And just like we thought decades ago, card collecting is here to stay, not just to stay, but prosper this time for good. So I wanted to get your opinion. First, do you agree with that as a general statement? Uh, first of all, just, 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 to, I just want to say that I, I did. That's um, a big question, by the way. I know. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's a heavy question. I, no, no, no. I, I just want to say that I did, uh, obviously, you know, Josh's piece got forwarded to me, I, I think the day that he posted it and, mm. you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of guys that I speak to were like, yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of long. So I, 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 just, I don't <laughs> know if I'm going to get through it. And, but, uh, speaking personally, I, I actually read it completely you know, on the first sitting, like it was almost like I couldn't put it down, you know, type mm. reading for me, just kind of being, you know, where I am in the space. And obviously a lot of the things he was addressing and talking about are things that we talk about internally that I think about personally, like it just some of the macro forces, you know, in the hobby, like just some things that have gone on over the last year and just obviously historically as well. So I, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was really thoughtful and I, I enjoyed it. Uh, now to, to you, and I did read it completely all 54 pages. So I, I just wanted to go on record as, as a, uh, you know, as, as saying that I saying that, but that's to, impressive to, to answer your question. Um, I do think it's, it's here to stay. And, uh, and, you know, I, I think as opposed to like, you know, what happened during the junk era, um, I, you know, I, I think collectors and, and, and companies are, are smarter than they were then, you know, for, for lack of a better term, you know, I, I think that, uh, number one, I think people learn lessons, you know, from the past and, you know, we live in a very social media driven world and, and we live in the information age, you know, so I think a lot of people now, as opposed to then, you know, our people are on social media, watching YouTube videos, you know, with all these influencers that are, 
you know, uh, obviously talking about the hobby, talking about analytics, you know, in the hobby and, and just con you know, just discussing all of these things and, and podcasts, you know, and so on and so forth. Like I, I think there's a discourse about, uh, you know, kind of like the potential, you know, uh, pitfalls and, you know, some of the things that, you know, can happen, you know, in markets, you know, but, uh, you know, maybe when there's like oversupply and, and, and things like that. But I, I just think that um, I think the hobby, generally speaking, is, is, is smarter, you know. Um, so I, I, I do think that uh, and then obviously companies with production, right, like just with, um, you know, kind of the manu manufactured kind of scarcity and, and, and different things like that, 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 that didn't exist, like in the junk era that uh, I think will, you know, preserve the value of certain things. And, you know, of course, there's going to be ebbs and flows. And, um, you know, but I, I do think that, uh, you know, it, it is here to stay. And, and you know, I, I don't think we're going to experience, you know, kind of like, what happened during the junk era, you know, I think we're in a very different place, you know, so that's you know, just my personal opinion. I think the, the, your point of social media, it's so important now. I mean, I listen to a lot of sports card content, YouTube channels, other podcasts. And whenever you hear somebody talk, generally they say, you know, when they give their like background, they say, all right, you know, I collected when I was a kid during the eighties and the nineties. And then when I went to high school and college, I took a break and then now I found myself back into it. And that's like the same story for like, I don't know, it seems like 90% of the people that I hear in, in uh, you know, sports card media. And I think a big part of that was when people left the, the hobby, when, when it lost popularity, uh, I think it was because a lot of it was there, there was no internet, there was no social media. So it wasn't something that was constantly going to be in your face. If you decided that like, hey, I'm just going to put these cards away and that's going to be it. You could do that. Now, I feel like it, it's such, um, you know, with people constantly on their phones, and on social media, it's going to be really tough for it to lose popularity when it's constantly being, you know, cards are being shown on Instagram and then it's going to get people back. Oh, wow. Look at that. You know, so I think that might be the biggest factor, be the difference when, when people compare the junk wax area era and how like it lost popularity after I even if there's a, you know, this is that version of the junk wax era. I feel like this is not going to be a repeat because of, of technology and because of, um, you know, the, really the internet, social media. I think that's going to be the, the big thing that keeps it going. Yeah. I mean, listen, I agree with that. And, you know, people are definitely engaged in a way that they, they, they are and are able to be engaged in ways that they, they weren't previously. So I think that's definitely noteworthy. Um, and just, you know, obviously the whole grading paradigm, you know, right. Like which is, obviously limited populations of certain things and preserving certain things a certain way. Um, you know, I think that's, that's, you know, something that didn't exist then, uh, you know, that, that does now that I think is, you know, obviously helps, you know, preserve scarcity and value and, and, um, and then obviously all, you know, the, the way things are manufactured for sure. But, but like you said, I think that, and also the big thing is um, there's a tremendous amount of, of passion in this hobby that, um, I mean, I could tell you just, you know, I went to the national this year and, um, you know, was, I think the national was at the very end of July, like first couple of days of August. And, you know, we were, the market was really kind of, you know, I think there was still, we were still kind of shaking some of the, the fear that had crept into the market and obviously drove prices down from, you know, probably from like April, you know, in, into July, 
pretty steeply. And, um, you know, so essentially, I mean, the market had crashed. I mean, if you, I mean, prices were down on a lot of things, you know, I would say from the peak in February to the, maybe the low in June, July, I mean, a lot of key stuff was down 50, 60, 70%, um, which is obviously well-documented, but so, I mean, if that was the S and P 500, I mean, that would be like headline news, right? <laughs> like in every yeah. news outlet in the, I mean, forget it. It'd be like Ar- Armageddon if that was like the S and P 500. So, I mean, essentially the market crashed and uh, I mean, you can call it a correction crash or what have you, but the bottom line is, you know, here we are at the national kind of in, kind of in the, 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 towards the tail end of that. And let me tell you something, like I was on the floor there and it was just like so much passion and so much just engagement and just people just you know, line around the block, like just, and, and we were in the middle of a market crash. You know, the bottom line is, you know, people didn't, didn't care, you know, and this is something that they love. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously prices boom, prices corrected, you know, obviously there's a lot of reasons why those things happen and markets ebb and flow and it's, it's totally normal. I mean, if you zoom out and look at it over a long enough time frame, you know, it, it, it probably is, you know, it doesn't look like a crash at all. It just looks like a healthy, kind of pull back and reset. And, you know, so I don't know, you know, like I said, it's, it's uh, aside from the sharing of information and I think how much smarter, you know, companies and, and people are at this point, I think there's so much passion in the, in the collectors out there that, uh, you know, I don't, I don't see this going away at all. I don't plan on going away. I, I plan <laughs> if it's just me that it won't be as fun, but you know, I'm, I think I'm in it for the long haul. So at least there's that. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Ken. Well, I appreciate the time uh, and I hope we can talk again in the future and and maybe we'll take another look at things and see where we're at. And uh, maybe hopefully we're right that it's even growing, not not uh, going the other way. Absolutely. And listen, I, I, uh, you know, appreciate uh, appreciate appreciate you being a MySlabs member and for the support and uh, certainly appreciate you having us on. So sounds good. Thank you, Ken. Yeah. All right. Take care. All right. You too. All right, a couple more of my thoughts from that talk with Ken. I mentioned this on a previous episode that because of the increased competition in the sports card marketplace arena, I think the days of paying 10%, 12% or more to sell your sports cards are soon coming to an end. As MySlabs continues to grow at a rapid pace offering those 1% fees, I think it's going to force the big boys in the industry like eBay, PWCC, auction houses like Golden and Heritage to lower their fees. You heard the numbers that Ken mentioned during that interview. MySlabs is adding members and seeing transactions increase at a real high rate. And as a member user myself, I don't see any reason why that growth would stop. When you factor in the high likelihood of new marketplaces like Fanatics entering the arena, along with the growth of card shows, people are going to have many options to buy and sell sports cards, which to me means the seller and the buyer will see the benefit of lower fees in the near future. And that's a great thing to me. Lastly, when I hear someone like Ken, who knows and studies the sports card world like he does, share his confidence and agreement with Josh Luber that the sports card industry is here to stay and prosper this time for good, that really makes me feel even better about the investments that I've personally made into sports cards and plan on continuing to in the future. Thanks again to Ken Rogers for joining me. And go get yourself in the action on myslabs.com. Thanks again for listening.